Welcome to another episode of BS in Politics. My name is Mark Nally, and on the other line is Roberto Fajardo. And on this episode, we talk about cabinet updates, Trump's campaign rally and press conference, and a quick update on the Russia leaks. If you like this episode, please like us on Facebook, subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Stitcher, rate us five stars, and give us some feedback. It really helps us. Enjoy the episode. All right, so let's start with a current events roundup of the past week with some administration updates. Andrew Puzder withdrew from the labor secretary uh, nomination. He had held some unpopular positions on labor. He was he employed an undocumented immigrant as a housekeeper, which is kind of odd because of Trump's stance on immigration. His ex-wife had also accused him of domestic violence, and she had appeared on Oprah in disguise. And because of all these things, he had a lack of support from the GOP, and that ultimately sunk his chances. So instead of getting embarrassed in front of the confirmation process, he decided to withdraw. And his replacement is Alexander Acosta. What do you think of Alexander Acosta? To be honest, just seems kind of like your average Joe. Uh, obviously qualified, uh, first Hispanic cabinet member, seems progressive. Not much to complain about in, in this aspect. I'm also not really surprised by the whole Andrew Puzder dilemma. You know, it's not like it's incredibly uncommon for for potential candidates to um, to withdraw. So again, I'm not. I don't know. Like this isn't to me like a big issue. Um, I think it's just kind of a, a regular action, and then I can't really say much about it. Hopefully, it goes well, and um, I, I, I'll give Trump a thumbs up on this one for that. Yeah, yeah, I agree. He, he was definitely he's pretty much a standard Republican nominee. He he served in the Civil Rights Division under President George W. Bush. He's was currently the dean of Florida International University College of Law. And yeah, he, he seems pretty good. Uh, next update, Vice Admiral Harward turns down the NSA role after Flynn resigned. And most of it was due to what he deemed as the White House being in chaos. And he colorfully referred to it as a shit sandwich. Um, <laughs> so that was great i mean that's good on him i'm finally i mean this is i did this i think was the biggest worry that <clears throat> that we're gonna have and that i think that the trump is gonna have the trump administration to have is that people that are you know respected and looked up to by both sides are gonna you know they're not gonna be as keen to you know stepping up and taking position of leadership because trump has Trump's administration is in fact a shit sandwich. What's going on is a shit sandwich. And so, you know, nobody's going to want to partake in that. Nobody wants to associate themselves with that. And so <clears throat> I respect Harward. I respect his stance. And I think that what he did is, is the right thing to do. Hopefully um, someone does step up, obviously. Hopefully it's someone competent and uh, not like some of the other questionable uh, people that have taken um, – other roles in government, uh, as we've talked about in previous episodes, and um, we will gladly talk about later on in this one. <clears throat> but yeah, so I don't know. I super qualified guy. Uh, kind of upset that he he stepped down, but again, respect him a lot for it. I, I think it was the right thing to do. Yeah, he he was definitely one of the most qualified picks that uh, Trump had made. So it's unfortunate that he withdrew. Uh, one of the reasons he also withdrew was that he wanted control over staffing on the National Security Council, and the administration was reluctant to give him. Now, I don't know if he was planning on replacing Steve Bannon or something like that, but that could have been an issue. 
He's now going to interview the acting advisor, Keith Kellogg, former U.S. Ambassador to the United Nations, John Bolton, Lieutenant General H.R. McMaster, and Lieutenant General Robert Caslin. And next, Mike Dubke was named the communications director. He's not a Trump loyalist. This will take some of the heat off of Spicer because he was doing all of the press conferences and acting as the commun- the communications director. Uh, Dubke was the founder of Crossroads Media, which is described as the premier Republican media services firm. Again, just like Acosta, this seems like a pretty standard Republican pick. There's definitely some some things that we're going to discuss that that caught our caught our attention. But in terms of picks and the people that are, you know, coming to light now for for certain positions, I I really can't complain. I mean, it's it's it's, it's normal. I mean, yeah, we can argue. Oh, he might be a little too Republican. Uh, blah blah blah. But I mean, that's always the case. Uh, yeah, but they're standard. They're standard. Right. Picks. Exactly. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's just it's standard. And I guess the only thing people can really argue about is is whether they just like them as like a person and they are going to get really nitpicky with like the things that they're supporting, et cetera. But no, this is completely normal. And I'm kind of glad that we finally got some normal in, in, in this kind of like chaotic campaign and that we're finally starting to see a little bit of normal. And hopefully this kind of becomes more of the norm and we start seeing you know, some more stability. But yeah, no, again, I'm not, not much to say. And again, I, I, I'm kind of happy for, for Spicer because if anyone gets roasted week in and week out, it's Spicer, man. I, just, I don't know how the, I don't know how the guy does it. He gets up there either. every week. He gets up there every week, and he just gets absolutely shit on. I, I really wish wish him the best because I, I I don't know how he continues to do it. Hopefully, he's getting paid enough. Hopefully, hopefully there's some incentives in there. But yeah, no. Hopefully, this uh this goes well. Yeah, I mean, it, it's encouraging to see him start to make more traditional picks and. You know, the argument before the election was that hopefully he surrounds himself with well-qualified people that can kind of show him the ins and outs of Washington. And he didn't do that initially. And I think that's what caused a lot of the turmoil. So hopefully he turns that around. But one man who we're going to talk about now, Scott Pruitt, who was confirmed to lead the Environmental Protection Agency, even though he basically doesn't believe in it doesn't believe in man-made global warming, and he wants to help Donald Trump fulfill his promise on the campaign trail to get rid of the agency in, quote, almost every form, end quote. I, God, I don't, again, I can't, I I mean, I shouldn't be surprised, but I, how? Scott Pruitt has sued the EPA on regulations because of the supposed economic downturn it would create. Um, he's spoken out against, you know, against man-made global warming. I, how can this man be put to lead and be put as the head of an agency such as the EPA that is at this point in time, and not, I mean, not only this country, but in the world is so important because global warming and, you know, just just the current like status of the earth is so good, so important. So I don't understand how this is the, the right pick. I don't know how people can. I think it was uh, McConnell said that Pruitt has dedicated so much, uh, some of it just time to pro- to protect the environment and uh, before the EPA, et cetera. And I, I I've never, I how I don't see the proof. I don't understand where the like it's constant bullshit on bullshit. And I mean, I'm not surprised. Obviously, I was a little bit more hopeful after seeing you know Acosta. 
you know, get, gets elected. Maybe that, that was going to be a sign of, of some more neutrality. But no, it's how I don't understand. Like he's I mean, there's there's also the whole thing with the, the emails that uh, he shared with lobbyists and uh, Democrats are waiting for those emails to come to light because they say that it will disqualify him due to um, this, the connections that he had with uh, big oil companies and gas companies um, that, that were contributing to his campaign. Um, I, I don't know. I, I, again, this, this is ridiculous. I really don't know how this is, how this is the guy that we want or the guy that we need, but I don't know. Yeah. I mean, he, on the plus side, he has government experience. He was the attorney general, uh, of Oklahoma, but on the downside for most people, I think he's extremely far right in terms of positioning, not even a moderate Republican or anything like that. Like you said, we also should Keep in mind that uh, Donald Trump did uh, deregulate laws that were made for for coal in the United States. Mm-hmm. So that's also something to look for, like to look to, because you know the world is starting. You know, other nations are starting to actually take this more like seriously, the whole global warming thing, and they're starting to regulate you know the private sector more. So I guess this is going to be something to look like into and see how other countries react to, I guess, his deregulation. So that's just what I wanted to say. But yeah, no, let's move on and talk about. Trump and his campaign rallies. Yeah, he basically, and the administration confirmed this, Sean Spicer said that it was a campaign event that is being run by the campaign. He held a pretty large rally in Melbourne this week where he brought a supporter on stage without any uh, Secret Service clearance or anything like that. And the hypothesis was that he was ready to get some relief from the White House and the limitations of his office. And he wanted to get directly with his supporters. He even said during this rally that he wanted to be among his friends. And during the rally, he railed against the dishonest media. He repeated his promises to build a beautiful border wall and replace the, quote, disastrous Obamacare. And it really was in the exact tone of his campaign rallies and stump speeches. Well, I think he needs this. I think he needs um, to put his face out there again and kind of be more, I guess, at ground and, and connect with his with supporters to kind of strengthen uh, at least that core support because he's just been getting smashed over and over and over again. The past couple of weeks, I mean, we we've we've touched on the topics that that I think have been the most detrimental uh, towards his, his popularity, and I think this is a good move. It's 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 a smart move. I don't know if he's the one that came up with it. I'm gonna I'm gonna quick. I'm gonna probably say no. It wasn't him because um, I think that the the people in his administration that have been you know pushing it, like supporting him in his campaign and leading him, are incredibly smart. A lot of tactics that we could discuss there, but I think the focus is. He's just putting himself out there and, you know, strengthening that core group, the support from that core group that he had uh, during his campaign against Hillary. And um, no, it's just it's a it's a brilliant move. Yeah, it, it was a good strategy, I think, for him. Now, I thought the rally was all over the place, but just to strengthen that core base, like you said, it, it was a pretty good strategy and a, a way for him to go around the media and talk directly to his supporters. Right. No, but like, let's, let's be honest. Like how many times, like actually, like how many times has it mattered what he actually said? Like we, people I mean, it's crazy because you you go online or you just watch and he says, it's, I don't know if people just kind of turn off like their, their brain and they just like, Oh look, Donald's talking, blah, 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 blah. Oh my God. He talked. 
But I feel like his core group doesn't really care what he says. Or even if they do care what he says, they just they're so optimistic and it's like it's like gonna be this utopian future that they just assume that everything he says is either brilliant or that if it was mis or that if 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 you know, if, if like the next day somebody goes out, oh, this is a quote by Donald Trump and it clearly indicates this, this and this, they're gonna be like, Oh no, that's misconstrued, it was taken out of context, like you're lying. It's it's ridiculous. So I mean that's for me that's why it's a brilliant move because at the end of the day it's gonna he's people are gonna justify I mean his core group is gonna justify what he like what he's saying. They're gonna say, Oh my god, he's so amazing, like what other president does this? Factually speaking, a lot of presidents. It's not like he's the only president ever to decide to go and talk to people and try to connect to his core group. I mean, I don't understand why people are so amused by this. But seeing as how seeing as how uh, his core group doesn't care and isn't aware of that, I mean, again, brilliant move. I hands, agree. Hands and speaking of the things that he's been saying, Donald Trump also held a press conference on Thursday. Stop that... it. Stop it. Stop <laughs> it right now. Come on. That was a little all over the place. And uh, I don't personally have any party affiliation or anything like that. I just appreciate common sense. But I just want to say that I thought this was wild and kind of amazing and kind of funny at the same time with some of the things that he was saying. He went over all the promises that he's made and how he's kept them so far. He claimed that there's never been an administration that's done so much in so little time. And he said that his administration is running like a well-oiled machine. I I don't know how anyone could use that adjective to describe what's happening. <laughs> I I mean I can I can see what he meant. So when he says, I don't think I honestly don't think there's been an administration that has been able to to really shit the bed like this quickly. You know I <laughs> I don't know how I, I've never seen him. I mean again I haven't you know been around for all the, the presidents ever, but, you know, through my lifetime, I've never seen so much crap just go down within such a short period of time. It's, it's truly, truly remarkable. I've, again, the well-oiled machine, I mean, it is, it is, I think it is a well-oiled machine from within, from inside, from the people that are close to him and what he's doing. I think it is a well-oiled machine because they're, they're doing the things that they want to do. I don't think he sees the bigger picture um about you know like what 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 things he's doing are actually like like the effects that they're having but i I gotta go i mean he what he says is true and he does he has in fact kept with a lot of the things he said he would do i'm not again i'm not saying that those are good things but i mean we gotta we gotta give him credit uh for some of that stuff like he's technically right in those statements i just don't know if it's really actually a well-oiled machine because i while i agree with you for that in his immediate inner circle they're probably running pretty well and, and keeping the message consistent and things like that but in terms of actually running the government i don't think that his administration as a whole is, is a well-oiled machine in any sense oh, of the no. word no 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 it's it's a broken down like <laughs> 95 honda cord yeah. that like it's barely running and like we're, we're, we're pushing it. It hasn't gotten but, its oil changed in 20 years. No, no, no. It's, it's, it's kind of like a shit box and <laughs> he's, he's treating it. He's like pretending it's a Ferrari, but no, yeah, I agree. The, the, the lack of efficiency within government at this point, I do. I can't even imagine. Like I, I just imagine if I worked in government, like, can you imagine that walking into like your office and just like all this, like every day it's like, 
It's you need to deal with yeah, right? Like you need to deal with all this crap. It's like, oh, this guy just resigned. He's you're getting like this person's getting fired, so like you're gonna have to find someone for that. And like, oh, this person isn't gonna do what Donald Trump said because they don't believe in it. I mean, I don't know. You you'd expect this from I guess like a, a developing country where you know they don't really have like a set government system and they don't have the strength of the institutions right but this is supposed to be like the greatest country in the world supposedly if if people don't want to believe us we can read them a couple of the of the brilliant quotes brilliant (laughs) quotes from from uh his uh from his conf from his press conference that he that he held i i think i think it's a testament to his brilliance i mean I i i honestly felt dumber Trying like when I when I read this, it 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 looks like he's forcing the word count on his on an essay that he started the night before. I don't understand how you can speak like. Let's just let's just let's just give a quick quote. Here it says, reporter says, I just want to get you to clarify this very important point. Can you definitively can you can you say definitively that nobody on your campaign had any contact with the Russians during the campaign and on the leaks? Is it fake news or are these real leaks? His response. Well, the leaks are real. You're the one that wrote about them and reported them. I mean, the leaks are real. You know what they said. You saw it, and the leaks are absolutely real. The news is fake because so much of the news is fake. Like, how? How? I don't understand. Like, I think we should be focusing more on, on the actual issues at hand and, I mean, what he's talking about. You know, obviously, Russia is a big, a big deal, but how? I don't understand. I, I, I feel like that you have to step away from, like, the big issues at this point and look at, like, how he's handling anything. I don't understand how that's, how that's a, like, productive and I think I think you had um, a quote about that the situation surrounding Flynn in Russia is all fake news. And then he also did not know what the Congressional Black Caucus was when he was asked. And he also claimed that he had the biggest electoral college win since Reagan, which is just completely false. Obama had more than him in both elections, I believe. And George H.W. Bush did as well is one of those the ones you were talking about. Yeah, no, I I think you got it. <laughs> I, I mean, like it's again. I don't understand it, it, this whole fake news thing. I it's it's great because I I don't know. I think it was it's funny because I, I was watching I was watching Rick, Ricky Gervais, and obviously it wasn't like it was in politics. I think it was about religion, and he said, you know, we live in in an era in which opinion like people believe that their opinion is fact. Mm-hmm. Opinion. Is not you can have you have the right to your opinion, you can you can argue for it, but at the end of the day, there are just things that are fact. So I don't understand what whether it's like fake news, real news. Is it really fake news? Like if there's factual evidence, if it's if it's if you can if, if you can actually like see it, it's a thing. I don't understand if it's if why it's fake news. I don't. I mean, again, we don't know the full story behind, you know, the the Flynn situation and Russia. Obviously, that's super, super gray area. But I feel like there there are facts that 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 are you know indicating this. So I don't understand how it can be fake news. And if it is fake, at least wait for there to be significant proof of it being fake. Don't like say fake, 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 and then convince people because it's dangerous. He's convincing his supporters that it's fake, and then they go out and say it's fake. But That's exactly to... what he's doing. He He's purposely trying to undermine the credibility of the media. I don't think that he believes that it's fake news. I, I think he's definitely not talking to people like us that are doing a political podcast and, and synthesizing a bunch of news resources and things like that. He's talking to his base and the people that only keep up with 
his press conferences, his rallies, his tweets, and things like that, and only have that direct contact with, with him. And, and I think that's why he's saying some of the things he said. And he in the press conference, he even basically said this. He said, quote, I won with news conferences and probably speeches. I certainly didn't win by people listening to you people. And he's talking to a reporter here. That's for sure. But I'm having a good time. Tomorrow they will say Donald Trump rants and raves at the press. I'm not ranting and raving. I'm just telling you. But tomorrow the headlines are going to be Donald Trump rants and raves. I'm not ranting and raving. And, and you can see just in that quote how he's directly pitting his support a- against the media. Uh, and this, I'm, I'm, it's almost like disappointing because he's. The, the, I know the media is there's bias and sometimes it's right, sometimes it's wrong. But the goal of the media is to try and inform people, and obviously there's so many different outlets and i think that's great and it's a testament to you know like what 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 it is to be in the united states of america there's so many opinions and you get to hear about all of them it's it's fantastic and you you choose which one you want to believe in but the moment that you start discrediting and 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 falsely claiming like all like an x amount that belong to this once like or at least a line on one side or wrong Mm -hmm. and that it's only this thing that it's only this opinion that's right. It's it's like what are you doing? That is not your role. It's not your job to you know get people to believe falsely, falsely believe in just the things you're saying. That's not your job. Your job is to carry out the role and carry out what you know the citizens of the United States want. And again, he got voted for. So again, maybe the things that he's doing in terms of you know the ban and stuff like that, which we again discussed. Isn't even he? He doesn't. He doesn't even get like a hundred percent support on that. Like his his people, the Fox News poll that we talked about, it shows that it's very divided, and that's still not very clear. But I mean, I understand what he's doing. I guess is kind of reflecting what the people that voted for him wanted in a way, because mm-hmm. he said he was very clear about what he wanted to do and what he was going to do, and people still voted for him. So fair enough. But don't go and tell those like and tell. However many people, oh, that everything you believe is right because that's dangerous. Like you can't, you you're you're giving them this this idea that they're in like their opinion is fact. And again, like we discussed, that's so dangerous. So I, I this is the one thing that really does bother me. And it's not even like I mean, I think we have a we have a good sense of humor. We can laugh about you know some of the stupid stuff that happens. But this is ridiculous. I find it like offensive. I really do. And I really hope that at some point. You know, he like he does like get hit back like harder because the media is trying to hit him back, and up to this point, I think we've we made that clear. He it, it helps him, it helps him because it just gives him more coverage and more and more coverage, yeah. and people feel bad for him and like, oh, why are you talking the president? Like he's doing his best, but that's not true. He's a he's he's victimizing himself over and over and over again. I think it's ridiculous. They're getting better at hitting him back, but. Um... <clears throat> Going along with his attempts to further discredit the media, he he tweeted regarding this whole Russia situation, Michael Flynn and all of the other leaks and contacts that his administration had, that this Russian connection nonsense is merely an attempt to cover up the many mistakes made in Hillary Clinton's losing campaign. And like always, that's completely exactly on message with, with what he's been doing this entire campaign leading up to winning the presidency. Yeah, no, I mean, eh, like, I'm, I'm not surprised anymore. Again, he's he's just he's continuing to do the same thing. I don't know. I, I'm hoping that maybe we 
can shine some light on it or, or in, the, in the more that more people focus on and shine light on it, it'll get other people to realize what's actually going on. Um, yeah. Until then, until then, I think we just have to just say, you know, screw it. He's his, he's brilliant. And like the people behind his campaign are brilliant because they've managed to keep it going for so long. I mean, they definitely are. Yeah, I, 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 I would love if, I, if someone told me you either get to meet the president. Actually, it's a, it's a hard one. If someone told me you get to meet the president or you get to talk to the people behind like his campaign, I honestly wouldn't know which one to pick. We need them to, to promote this podcast. Yeah, no, we, if you're listening, <laughs> like if you can, if you know somebody that works in the Trump campaign administration, please, please contact them, share this podcast, because we would love to talk to them. I think they might be some of those brilliant minds in America. We'll shoot up to number one on the iTunes charts. Yes, uh, please. I would love it. I do want to touch on uh, a little bit of the Russia updates real quick while we have some time. Um, so some more stuff came out about it. Uh, intelligence agencies intercepted data that showed that the Trump campaign and its top aides were in constant contact with some Russian intelligence officers. One was Paul Manafort, who had resigned. Another one was Flynn, and there were some other names in there. It, it's important to say that there's some nuance here. It, it's unclear whether the conversations were regarding Mr. Trump or had anything to do with them, but it's still concerning, and it was flagged by our intelligence just because of the frequency of the communication. I can't really imagine what, I mean, again, I don't, I don't work or have any sort of security clearance. I, don't under, I probably don't know anything, but I'm just saying. I can't imagine why you would have so much contact, and it, I, I'm not, I'm not suggesting that all oh, those reports about uh, the hacking were 100% true, and that they helped him win the election over Hillary. I'm not suggesting any of that. I'm just saying it's kind of weird to have that much contact back and forth, and to have then all these stories come out. I'm not saying they're true. I'm just saying it ju- definitely justifies them more. Mm-hmm. And the more that you, and the more that he constantly rejects it. And yeah. just kind of puts it aside. He's deflecting it. So I mean, yeah, I I don't know. It makes me feel kind of weird. It, I'm I'm hoping that you know our intelligence can get more information and can and we can publish and, and make that make that you know accessible to the public because I it's truly interesting. This is I've, I I mean I've never I can't remember time in the last you know eight years which I mean. There's only been Obama. I, mean, I can't really remember that much of the Bush administration, but I can't remember, you know, this sort of exchange between two two prominent leaders. You know, becomes like you know, I've never seen this. I've never like it's all, we've always well, traditionally had been enemies too. Right, exactly, a hundred percent. And I, I think like if we look at the issues that we face, like at least in our like in our lifetime, like it's been like oh, we have war and terrorism, uh, you know, like human rights issues. But I don't think we've ever like like one of our like the issues that we've ever like got to experience was a sort of like Cold War esque kind of like like you know because like we yeah. we didn't obviously we weren't alive for that so this is very interesting I hope I kind of want to see how it plays out and what's really going on because this is not an issue that I think we've ever been um, like conscious about or or seen from at least our president. Yeah. I, I definitely think it's concerning, and it seems with the constant drip drip of the leaks that there's some type of smoking gun here. But I don't like the initial like hysteria and mania comparing this to Watergate because there's no evidence of that kind of thing yet. And I don't think that the alarmism is helpful because 
it, it could turn into a boy cried wolf scenario where if, if if the media keeps crying wolf for all of these different things when something serious or if something serious happens nobody will take it seriously because they've magnified all of these other relatively small issues yeah no i agree i think i think that's our biggest issue and i it's funny because they talk like you know everyone talks about you know, attacking trump and beating him but Every time that, you know, when I'm, I'm, I'm going to try to use general terms to make it easier, every time that the left or, you know, I guess the, the side that opposes Donald, because there are people on the right that aren't fans of him, but mostly the left, any time that the left tries to blow up, like, the, you know, even the smallest you know, story or potential you know, headline, that's what, that's what hits, that, you know, bites them in the ass every time, because then everybody that... Either, either the people that are, you know, they've been supporting Donald and they don't really know how to feel yet, or the people that just love him, they're going to hit back because even I think any rational person should be like, all right, it's just a small story that doesn't really have, you know, that much evidence yet. So why are you blowing it up? I think if we approached it, you know, more rationally, which I think we're seeing from the media now, I think we're, I think we're starting to see them be a little bit less biased in their headlines and their approach. I think the more, like, if you approach it more rationally, I think that we're going to be able to appeal, like, you know, to appeal more to the people that. Have, I guess they're ostracized, you know, that, mm-hmm. I mean, so I think, I think what you're talking about hundred percent to hundred percent agree with it. So I mean, it makes so much sense. I, I think it's just people have to start or people have to stop taking the bait every time that something like this comes out or, or president Trump tweets something. They need to stop taking the bait because that only it, it's a feedback cycle and it only makes the issue worse. If you've made it this far, thank you so much for listening to BS in Politics. And remember to please like us on Facebook, subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Stitcher. Give us five stars so that we can reach the top of the charts and leave us feedback so that we can make our episodes even better. Have a great week, and you'll hear from us again next time.